Yeah, welcome to the Silly Dog uh, Blues and Roots uh, interview podcast. Yeah, this time we're talking with Dustin Arbuckle uh, from Dustin Arbuckle and the Damnations out of the US of A. Just released their first album, and uh, it's a great thing too. Yeah, just called My Getaway. Yeah, so let's uh, kick off the interview. Uh, hi, Dustin uh, Arbuckle. Uh, glad to have you on the Sully Dog Blues and Roots. Good to be here, Salty. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for giving us some time. I think um, we're mid-afternoon here and uh, you're late at night, so I appreciate you uh, <laughs> you're stepping out to give us some time. Well, luckily, this uh, this is happening after we've gotten my, my toddler to bed, so uh, you know I've, I've got time now. It works out pretty nicely. So. <laughs> Must be a lot of musicians I know in your boat. They're all saying, I can only do it after 9 or after 10 or... Can I do it mid-afternoon? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, let me me work this around the kids' schedule and we'll make this happen. Yeah, especially with homeschooling uh, here in Australia, people saying, I'm locked down all day with the kids and I I need a break. Oh yeah, I know know a lot of people here in that same boat. So, so the the new band, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Um, Firstly, Dustin Arbuckle and Matt Woods. And secondly, yes. Dustin Arbuckle and the Damnations. So, uh-huh. um, let's let's deal with with Matt Woods. I mean, I got onto Matt Woods stuff years ago, uh, probably at the same time I first heard Maul Arbuckle, and thought it was fantastic. He did an album with the Thunderbolts, I think. And yep. um, don't ask me how I got onto it; probably legally. Um, <laughs> but I, I got it. Oh, gee, that's great. I mean, I love that that Kansas sound. Um, and still love some of those tracks, and then, then uh, all of a sudden, I see you and Matt playing together. So, what, what's the background of that? Well, Matt and I got to know each other probably about three years ago, and and it was an interesting thing where we actually connected via social media. We we had a lot of mutual friends uh, and had known of each other around the scene because both of us being here in the midwest me being from kansas and him being from iowa yeah um you know we're we live about six hours apart but we we run in a lot of the same circles and know a lot of the same people and uh i started seeing a lot of the videos and stuff he would post online and and hearing more of his tunes i'd heard him live a couple times at, at festivals and stuff we were both on but we'd never really properly met but um he put out a post on Facebook, I think it was summer 2017 or something like that, and he said, uh, you know, kind of looking to collaborate with some more people, because he'd mostly been doing his solo thing for the previous couple of years since the, yeah. the Thunderbolts uh, hadn't really been playing for a while, and uh, said he was looking to collaborate, so I reached out and I said, man, I'd love to jam with you if I'm ever coming through the area. and. You know, just that's where it started and it happened that I, I was routing through there on a way up to a gig in Wisconsin that the Damnations were going to play. Uh, but that, you know, it was a situation where because of some scheduling stuff with the other guys, we couldn't route our way up there. So I asked Matt, like, would you want to do some stuff, a couple of shows when I'm on my way up to Wisconsin? And he said, yeah. So we uh, we put together 
a couple of shows in his area up around uh, Des Moines and Ames, Iowa. And boy, the, the chemistry was just there immediately. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, Matt plays when he does his solo stuff, he, he does that really heavy handed Mississippi blues influence yep. style. And that's you know, obviously uh, I'm really heavily influenced by that stuff too. And, and beyond that, just from a, from a friendship standpoint, we hit it off really quickly and um, worked really well together. And so we were supposed to have been playing two uh, pretty, pretty cool festivals this summer together which obviously those aren't happening now. Um, <laughs> but before we knew that, uh, it, you know, before we knew that the Tell Your Ride Blues and Bruce Festival and the Durango Blues Train were going to be canceled, um, we decided we wanted to make a record so we could have something to sell to people at these gigs. And uh, so we got together and, and uh, in about two hours, one afternoon at a studio in Ames, Iowa, we, uh, we banged out this acoustic duo record and, uh, it was it was a fun time and man we really have a blast playing together it's it's a it's a good time with with I gave you my number baby where you could call me on the phone if you get that busy signal you know I'm sitting at home alone there's a cut here from the uh, Buckland Woods album it's called uh, Buckland Woods Yeah, I, I can see a future for that. The, the, the stuff I think you sent me, I got, I, I really like it, and um, played a few tracks on the show. It's um, it's got that, uh, it, 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 man, the great stuff. I could see you do a lot more. Now, the new band, um, you were one half of Morn and Arbuckle, or one third of Morn and Arbuckle, which also had Kendall um, in on drums, but... Um, mm-hmm. So you and Kendall um, are now in a new band yes. named Dustin Arbuckle and the Damnation. So when did that start and um, what was the uh, original running brief for that, for that band? Well, when when we knew that M&A, uh, Moreland and Arbuckle, was going to be coming to an end, uh, Kendall and I talked about it and decided we wanted to keep working together and started thinking about what we wanted to do. And there were actually the band came about very quickly um, and uh, because it sort of had to, there were a handful of gigs that had been on the M&A schedule that for one reason or another, we we weren't able to do with that band down the stretch. And so I, I still wanted to try to do them. And so we were kind of under the gun to put something together. And so we, we called Brandon Hudspeth, who's a, a great, uh, great roots music, you know, blues and country and, and jazz 
you know, yeah. about any kind of roots music you'd want to guitarist uh, who I've known for years. Uh, he's been in the Kansas city scene and he's, he's toured around with his own band Levy town and uh, has also been a sideman for people like RJ Michaud and he's worked with lazy Lester on like regional yeah. stuff and, yeah. and, and Randy McAllister and people like that. So I, I called Brandon and he was into it. And uh, at the time uh, my friend, Mark Foley, who had played bass, on a few tracks on the last M and a record and who I've also had uh, an acoustic string band here in here uh, in the Midwest called Haymakers uh, with for, for several years and called Mark and he was really into it. And so we had about three rehearsals and one like practice gig in Wichita before we had to open for George Thorogood in front of about a thousand people um, <laughs> up in new England um, in, in June of 2017. And, uh, but the band came together really quickly and really naturally. Mm. And, you know, we, we knew we wanted it to be something kind of new and different from yeah. what, you know, I'd been doing, what Kendall and I had been doing. Um, and I, I feel like we've really gone for this, this cross genre electric roots Americana yeah. vibe. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's really been what we've we've gone for and it's 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 worked really well it's it's been a lot of fun and we've been able to explore a lot of different stuff musically that i haven't you know been able to always haven't been able to do in the past and so yeah. the response from 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 people has been really great really outstanding yeah um, i mean there's 11 tracks now forgive me they're all um original they're not all original. Um, there are three songs on the record that were written by a good friend of ours named Ryan Taylor. Yeah. And that's, uh, and Ryan wrote a lot of stuff for, for Moreland and Arbuckle over the years as well. Um, but uh, when a song comes along, uh, Daniel fought a lion and half a piece are all uh, Ryan's songs. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a great songwriter. I, I'm, so privileged to know him and, and work with him and he's he's a good friend and and is, keeps just keeps sending great stuff our way um and then there's one song on the record um the title track my getaway which was written by uh an old friend and musical mentor of mine named lee mcb yeah who was a great singer and harmonica player from from here in kansas and toured with mike morgan and the crawl which is a great yep. texas-based blues band for for years and yep. um lee passed uh, in 2014, but, um, you know, left us a lot of good stuff. And my getaway was a song that he never actually put out on a record, but I heard him do it live a lot. And it was one of my favorite original tunes of his. And so we, uh, we worked up our own version of it and it ended up being the, the title track, but the, the rest of the album is, is all, is all original stuff. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's great. Yeah. I remember Mike Morgan on the crawl, um, good band, um, early two thousands. I think I had, through through the nineties and early two thousands, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of good good stuff around. I wasn't I wasn't aware they were from Kansas, but that's interesting. Well, they're from well, Lee is from Lee was from Kansas. Mike is from from the Dallas, Texas area, oh, and okay. uh, actually still has a version of the crawl that mostly works around Texas. But he's started touring a little bit again as well. Well, before COVID, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, and actually, Mike. Uh, a sub for Brandon with us on a tour last summer. So um, yeah. still, still a great guitar player. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, look, I noticed the, uh, when you mentioned Americana, you know, broad roots genre, I, for certainly, I mean, M&A records were always pretty 
strong and heavy. Um, and there's a few of those here. Um, uh, but there's some others that were almost ballads style. Um, and and um, especially your harp playing and the guitar work was, you know, more in that Americana style. The, the track Across the Desert, um, forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm being um, very Australian-centric here, but you mentioned the Great <laughs> Divide. Was that uh, anything to do with the Great Divide in Australia? <laughs> Uh, well, we have a great divide here in the States, too. Ah, um, damn. Damn, I was hoping it was Australian-linked. <laughs> no, not, it, it was not Australian-linked. Um, but I, I think that song, for me, is is kind of the story of you know someone going through a, a, a difficult journey in a hard land, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of imagery in that tune that I could get into that goes goes deep weird directions but <laughs> yeah. um you know that that line about the great divide is maybe you know physical and spiritual you know yeah. great yeah. divide sort of a thing so you know i'll just you know the great dividing range is a big australian feature and i was thinking ah maybe uh, something stuck from their trip down under but um there you go <laughs> I did not know that actually. I, 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 I now I'm I, now I feel ashamed for my lack of knowledge of Australian geography. Well, yes, you I mean all all, um, all the eastern seaboard uh, is on the coast, and then there's a great dividing range runs from the top to the bottom, and then on the other side's desert. Right. Um, yeah. That I knew. Yeah, that I knew. That's right. So, and, and the great dividing range took took the early explorers a long time to get across. Um, I, I, and um, I can imagine. Yeah, that's right. So the the band go through the, the players again. You've got Kendall on drums, um, on guitar, Hudspeth, is it? Um, Brandon Hudspeth. Yeah. And uh, Brandon is uh, originally from Oklahoma, but has lived in Kansas City for the last 20 plus years. And I actually met him uh, because he used to play guitar with my friend Lee. And um, yeah, he's again a great player. He's been working professionally on the blues scene since he was a teenager. Yeah. And um, but also went through the jazz program at uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City, which is a really prestigious jazz program. And uh, has also also taught guitar lessons on the side, which kind of forces you to learn a lot of extra stuff. He's a tremendously versatile guitar player, can, can, do, can play blues really well, can play jazz very well, can play country music, soul, funk, things like that all very well. And so it... Uh, it, it allows us to be able to do a lot of different things with, yeah. with Brandon in the fold. Sure. And who else have you got in the band again? Well, so on bass is a little bit of a, little bit of a, a rotating cast. Uh, on, when we started the band, it was our friend Mark Foley, who Mark and I have played together in Haymakers for the, the last several years. Uh, and he, but he is also the professor of bass at Wichita State University and the head of their jazz department and also yeah. the princi principal bassist of the Wichita Symphony. Um, so <laughs> he's got a, he, good, got a good rap there. He is actually, he's, he is Dr. Mark Foley, PhD. Uh, he, he literally has a PhD in, in bass performance. Wow. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's a doctor of bassology. Um, that make it make you nervous that one? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Um, but he's, he's also just a really truly wonderful human being and understands music on a level that a lot of people don't. Um, but, but completely unpretentious in his approach to stuff. He doesn't, you know, he, 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 with all of that training would never, he was in 
you know, kind of indie punk rock kind of bands in his youth in Minneapolis and stuff like that. So for him getting to be back and kind of just a, almost like a rock and roll band is, is a yeah. lot of fun for him and, and he loves it, but he's also got a lot of obligations yeah. uh, here at home and can't tour with us as much as he'd like to. So uh, our friend Caleb Drummond, uh, who also plays on three tracks on the album, uh, does a lot of the touring work with us. And Caleb's also an outstanding bass player. I feel like he's been in every band in Wichita at some point or another from like, like blues rock bands to jazz stuff, to indie rock, to like thrash metal bands and yeah. <laughs> jazz gigs and stuff like that. So he's a lot of fun to play with. Yeah. We're listening to, um, uh, more than Arbuckle, uh, not more than Arbuckle, uh, Dustin Arbuckle. Um, Talking about the new band, uh, Dustin Arbuckle and Damn Nations. On Solid Dog Blues and Roots, let's hear a track, uh, the title track from the new album called My Get Away. Tell me, is, is, is the band a democracy, or are you the leader? Well, I, I, I like to think of it as a very collaborative band. <laughs> I, I think we all do. Um, I, I, I do the bulk of the business, but because it's always kind of easier to just have one person who, who focuses on the majority yeah. of that, because you can get one hand not knowing what the other hand's doing. Um, but 
Musically, the, the band is, is very collaborative and we all bring all these different influences in. And, and, and I think that's, that's what allows us to, to kind of tastefully and effectively pull off this sort of, you know, cross genre roots Americana vibe. I mean, blues is definitely there, but so is soul music and country and jazz and kind of rootsy rock and roll as well. And yeah. So with everybody having that strong voice in the, in the songwriting and, and stuff like that, I think it allows us to, to, to kind of effectively pull off what we set out to do. Yeah, sure. And, and this, this first album, um, My Getaway, named after one of the songs, I read somewhere you decided in a car, you were out on a gig on the road or something, you decided that's what you'd call it. Um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> My Getaway. Did, did you road test all these songs or do you, you actually put them together in the studio? What's it, what's it, what's it, how does the band work with its material? Well, I think every song comes together in a different way, but I will say that yes, we, we road test everything. Um, not necessarily because we, we are, are, are looking to, to make sure stuff works before we record it. Although I think we, we would probably want to do that, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I've never really done the whole thing of writing a record in the studio. Um, yeah. I, I, I prefer to go in and, and, and know what you've got. Um, and just because as a working band, it's, uh, it's not like we're ever in a situation of having you know, weeks or months off to just work on writing. The songs come together in such a way where oftentimes the best way and time to rehearse them is a sound check and then try it yeah. out at the gig that night. Yeah. So that's that's how a lot of this stuff came together. Friday evening, which is uh, one of the songs on the on the album, is one that literally got written at a sound check because yep. Brandon just started messing around with a riff, and I had some words in my head that I'd been messing with that fit with it. Um, yeah. Darlin' Dear was a song that Kendall had actually written on guitar, and uh, you know he and I kicked that around, and 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 yeah, we we did actually show that one to the guys at, at rehearsal. And, um, and then put it together and started gigging on it. Same, you know, say my name, Mark brought that in and then I kind of refined the lyrics and yeah. started gigging on it. Same thing, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, unfortunately we don't have the luxury of, of having a lot of just writing time. Yeah, no, no, it's fair enough. I mean, I've got a band with a guitarist who likes everything, um, work out before you go to the studio. I'm sort of the reverse. I just want to, you know, let a bit of uh, controlled chaos and, and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, and, and I can understand that. I think, um, yeah, I've, I've come to really feel like, like demo pre-production demos have a lot of value because, uh, I felt like in my, in the earlier years of my career, we, we would bring these songs in and then we'd record them for the record. And then, uh, after we recorded them, they would kind of inevitably change. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and usually get better, and you know years later you feel like man I wish we had another crack at that one because the way we were playing it after the record came out got so much better than we played it before and so you know we we did some pre production demos just to make sure like we liked the arrangements and all that kind of stuff but yeah uh, you know never have didn't write any of the tunes in the studio well maybe finished a couple of the tunes in the studio. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, I've been still reading some stuff about Dylan, of course, notoriously. He writes him in the studio and um, yeah, and, and swaps the key and the tempo, and um, and if you can't keep up, get out. But um, fair enough. Uh, he's allowed. He's allowed. Yeah, when when you're Dylan, you can be that guy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and. Um, yeah. Now tell me, your, your your voice work and your harmonica work sounds great as always. Thank you. Um, and I know when you were down here touring, you used to do um, vocal and breathing exercises before <laughs> gigs, which I was very impressed with. Um, very professional. How's the harp work going on? Uh, anything new on the harp scene for you? Well, yeah, I, I just feel like I keep growing in, incrementally. Um, I've, I've started experimenting with, uh, you know, with the chromatic a little bit more, even though I don't play it at all on, on this record. And, uh, I got one in the drawer. Right. It's a different animal. It's, it's, different. <laughs> it's just like, okay, Kim yeah. Wilson, go to hell. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's, it's a different beast. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I also, one thing that I did on, um, on this record, that I'd never used before in an album before is one of the low keyed um, Honer 364s, which is a, a 12 hole diatonic yep. uh, in, in an octave lower in the key of C. Yep. And, uh, you know, like Sonny Boy Williamson used those on uh, number two, Sonny Boy number two used those on uh, on some recordings. And it, it's, its total range is, is similar to what you'll hear on a chromatic. And so on mm. Swingling, which is kind of a swingy jazzy instrumental yeah. that we close up the record with uh i i start off the song in the first few passes using that and that's yeah. definitely a you know that that's a different approach yeah. um one thing with this band that i've definitely found myself doing more is is kind of jazzier sorts of runs which you know in, in m a we we didn't really lean that way very much but mark and and Brandon and Caleb and, and even Kendall to an extent have a fairly, fairly strong jazz backgrounds. And so we've started, you know, we dabble in some of that stuff a little more and that's definitely crept into my playing in a way that it hadn't probably before this band. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I noticed that that swing was a different, um, totally different sound that I've heard, heard from you before. And um, I, I thought it was a low, uh, a low register. I've got a few of those, a low F and, um, low E's and whatever, throw into gigs, sound like, um, it sounds like a real deal when you play that for some reason. I, I love low-keyed harps. They're, the tone is so fat and, yeah. and espe especially, I mean, they're, they're great unamplified as well because, you know, again, you just have a lot of depth and, and body to your tone. They're maybe not as loud, but it's especially, especially amplified. Yeah. I feel like they're just they just sound massive. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun when you can bust one of those out. I really love them for third position playing, particularly yeah. on the more minor kind of stuff. So it's it's something I definitely I, I've been playing like a you know low E and a low F for years, but that low C twelve hole is is something that's a little bit more new and it's it's a lot of fun to mess with. Yeah, listen to some uh, earlier more Narbuckle with that harp of uh, Dustin.
Haven't seen one, but I'll track one down. It's a Honer 364. Definitely give it give it a try. It's they're fun. It takes a lot of air. Yeah, great. And for all the um, harmonica um, uh, addicts, what sort of a uh, mics are you using? What sort of amp? Well, um, I'm still amp wise. I'm still using uh, my uh, Vintage 47 amplifiers, the old kind of Valco clone amps that I that I I brought down there with with me to Australia a couple of years ago. Um, I usually run that uh, with an ABY splitter and then the other amp I'll run with it will be either uh, an old early 60s Kalamazoo amplifier I have or a little 50s uh, Rickenbacker. And both of them are small. I I like small amps as a rule. Um, You never get yelled at for being too loud. And, and, you know, being able to use two of them together, you kind of get a... You you can kind of get some different things going on tonally when from the vintage 47 i get a little bit more depth and a little more body and then from the other amp it's always one that gives me a little more cut and a little more snark um and uh also occasionally at bigger gigs i have a 1955 uh fender baseman that uh that i'll play that uh, used to belong to my friend lee McBee. but it's an amazing amp um maybe the best harp amp i feel like i've ever heard um but obviously, basements are, are big amps and they're loud, and so I, I usually don't bring it out in like a small club setting. Or, or again, I start getting yelled at for being too loud. You don't ever yeah. want that. Uh, for mics, actually, um, my uh, my main mic since I was there on tour has been a King Tone. Wow. From from Roger Nelson. Wow. Uh, just an a- absolutely he. Uh, when he ran sound for Moreland and Arbuckle on a gig down there, uh, he brought me a couple of mics to try, and uh, I really, really loved one of them that had a, a like a dynamic element in it, and that's been my main mic ever since. You know, he was kind enough to let me finish that tour with it. And he said, "If you don't like it, leave it with Salty. If not, take it home and pay me." And so I did. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he make, he makes good stuff, Roger. In fact, I'm I'm due to um, pick up a new mic from him. Um, which is polished copper and um, oh nice! I forget the element. But I just said I want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been so happy with this microphone um, since I got it from him, and uh, please do give him my best and tell him thank you. Um, but, yeah, no, that, and then I also have a, a wood-bodied microphone by uh, Greg Human from Blows Me Away Productions, which uh, yeah. that one I tend to use a little bit more with my basement. Because it's yeah. uh, it's got a little bit different tone that I think works a little better with that amp, but um, that's that's my main rig. Those are my main kind of my two sort of main rigs from from gig to gig that I tend to to go back and forth between. That's great. Now coming back to the album, have you got any uh, favorite child, children on there? Any favorite songs? Well, I, you know, the the first song, "Say My Name," is one that we kind of treated as the main single, and I, it, it is really a fun tune. Um, that's one that uh, a lot of people always seem to enjoy. Um, I love Dealer's Lament yep. because it's it's a song that I feel like was pretty personal for me um, from a lyrical standpoint, but uh, you know about kind of a, a weird guy that I used to know here in Wichita, um, and I always say that you know if you if you know what the lyrics of that song are about that you then you've definitely met 
this kind of person before. <laughs> and so I'll just leave that to everybody to, to listen to <laughs> um, without incriminating myself any further. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, and it, what was really fun about that song too is, is, is it was a very collaborative process on writing it. You know, it really every, everybody kind of contributed something on that tune and, and even uh, got some help from another friend outside the band, a fellow named Tom Page with whom I, I do my Haymakers band as well. He had a hand in writing that song. So it was, it was fun putting it together with, with everybody and, and it really came together well. And, um, yeah, we, we talked about swingling, which was fun, something I've never really done before. I, it, it's hard for me to, to, to talk about all of them. You know, Darlin' Deer is a great kind of, yep kind of a country ballad which is something that I haven't done a lot of so it I love the album just from the perspective of all the different things we were able to do on it and but yet I still felt like it came together in a really cohesive way that still feels like us it doesn't feel like we okay well now we need to have our country song and now we need to have our blues song and now we need to have our soul tune or whatever yeah. I, I think uh, I think it's a fun record and a, and, a, and a record that really felt like what we needed to do right out of the gate with this band. We, we did have our, our first couple of EPs before this, but the, for our first full-length record, this really felt like it displayed what the band could do and gave people an idea of who we are. Yep. And so it, it, it's hard for me to name favorites, but because uh, I, I really just... If you stay a while, we can share a smile and dig the geometric pattern on my kitchen tile. I got the ham on a ride and the liquid sky. So much to offer, but all you wanna do is just fly. love what we did the whole, with the whole thing it's a terrible question i ask it to everybody <laughs> i know they hate it oh yeah I, it's always been funny to me over the years when people will come up to you, to us at the merch table and say like which which record's your favorite it's like man which one of your kids is your favorite <laughs> I, I know i know i don't, I don't know it's yeah you know, it's, it's, it's a trick question i shouldn't ask it but the, the new I like one to, i like to see people going um uh, well i like them all uh, that one a bit better <laughs> I, I, the new one because it's the one we're still paying for. That's yeah. the that's always the answer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, t t talk about money. Um, how are you getting this out there? And uh, with the new uh, brave world of streaming and everything, what do you find's working? Well, we've done some some streaming shows, some Facebook live shows, and. It, from a financial standpoint, those are hit and miss. We've had some that have been extremely su successful and others that not quite so much, but the viewership tends to be good. 
Yep. And it's cool to be able to reach our friends in other parts of the world right now when we're not really able to properly tour. We have been lucky enough that things have been open enough in our area that here through the warm weather months in Kansas, we've been able to do some outdoor small club shows and some like some parking lot shows and things of that nature. Uh, but, but none of the the festivals and things like that, that we would normally be doing this time of year. But, um, so there's at least a little money coming in from that perspective. And, And so that helped us get some of the money together to, to help put this, this, this out there. And, um, other than that, it's, it's just trying to be smart with, with, with your finances right now is really all you can do. Um, and uh, it is, it's hard on a lot of musicians. Like I said, we're, we're somewhat lucky being where we are in the Midwest that things are kind of opened up a little bit. Um, but there's musicians in other parts of the country that have been hit a lot harder by COVID where the numbers are a lot worse or, you know, more population density obviously doesn't help um, yeah. who aren't really able to work at all or hardly, hardly able to work and are totally stuck with the, the live stream thing. And I know, some some bands or, or artists are using the are using things like Patreon, where yep. they're just kind of creating more targeted content. Which I think that's really cool if if you're in a position yep. to make it work. Um, yep. So I don't know. We'll see what happens when winter hits and how creative we have to get. Um, it may turn back into the streaming economy again for a while, like it was for us when things were locked down back in the spring. I'm not sure. And um, do you think you'll get back to Europe again? You had a good Polish connection there with M&A? Yes. Yes. Uh, we actually, we did go to Europe last year. Okay. Uh, yeah. In the spring of 2019. And, and we did. We worked with our friends from, from Poland and uh, went there, the Czech Republic, Austria, uh, Germany, and Slovakia, and, and had a great tour there last spring. And we, we were scheduled to be going back next month, but uh, obviously that is not happening. Um, (laughs) So hoping to do that uh, again next year and uh, trying to make some, some other kind of reestablish some other European connections as well. And I'm, I I love doing international stuff. I like the travel. um, And so I would love to be able to come back to Australia again. I hope, hopefully we're able to do that again in the future. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see how things, roll along i mean um we're waiting to to, to see we've got a future and yeah i was i was going back to amsterdam in march as a judge of the european blues challenge again sure with with tracy and we were going to have a little trip around and we're going to go down to the south of italy no uh, that happened <laughs> uh, i'm sorry man that's <laughs> none of that happened so um and I remember speaking with them when it started to get pretty tough here and saying, Look, I don't think we can go. And they're saying, oh, no, it's very good in Spain. It's fine and everything will be fine. I'm thinking, what? we're just going to wait and see what the Australian government says. And then, then I, I just say, look, we have to withdraw. And then, of course, the whole thing came tumbling down. But it was, um, we're, all, we're all geared up to go. But, gee, anyway, n- another time, another time. Another time. Yeah. So, I mean, that leads to, you, you've talked about, the touring around the states, which is not much, festivals are off. Yeah, uh, doing some live stuff. Any plans for another record, or how, how long do you think you'll run this one? <laughs> well, it's it's an interesting world uh, it, beyond uh, COVID and all that kind of stuff. It's 
I don't know how long it's going to be before we put another full length record out. I, I, I think, you know, nor the, the traditional album cycle is something like, you know, 18 months or, or something of that nature. And, and, and ideally we'd probably be looking at something like that. We've got a handful of newer tunes uh, yeah. together and, you know, moving forward on some others. But I, I think we're at a point right now with, with, music you know a lot of people consume their music via streaming more these days and you have your hardcore fans who are vinyl people yeah um and there are still people who buy cds it's 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 a more diverse market you don't necessarily just have one thing you need to focus on but i think what i see a lot of other bands doing um and something that we're definitely talking about more of these days is you know it it's become a little bit more single oriented again or ep oriented uh whereas i've i've had friends who you know eventually they do release a record but they're trickling out singles for maybe a year or something or more in, in advance of that and all the and those tunes end up being on the full-length record eventually or on an ep or something but I, so i'd say more than having a definite plan for when the next full-length record is coming out i definitely Obviously, we want to ride this for a while because we're proud of it, and we, we think it's something that we can we can we we want to get out there for as many people to hear as possible, and so we don't want to shortchange this album. But on the other hand, I, I'd say I would hope to at least by sometime next year probably at least have something new, even if it's just a couple of new tunes out. Um, by by sometime next year just to kind of keep it fresh for people and and keep putting something out there to continue to 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 uh get the band out to more people and continue to generate buzz and and stuff like that it, it just helps to be able to to keep giving people something new and so you know we'll, we'll just have to see how things roll but uh i've definitely got some ideas yeah i mean that that's certainly a model i see coming through when i get stuff said to me as a dj and I know a lot of the Australians releasing singles and yep. then or having an album and then drip feed the album onto streaming media yep. and promote it and then get two or three songs. Then by the time they've built up that two or three um, level of interest in the, the whole album comes out, I don't know whether that works. Everybody goes and buys the album. I don't know. But it's certainly I mean, not everybody can be Joe Bonamassa and put an album out every four weeks, but the um, which he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he sure does. He, he has a he has a shotgun approach, and it seems to work. He's doing all right, but yeah, um, he, he is. And um, but um, I guess the, the drip feed thing is there's always something new coming out with your name on it, and people are always activated by it. So, yeah, interesting, interesting times. The whole the whole model's changed in uh, before our eyes. Yeah, it's something that that I. It's a conversation I've had a lot over the last few months, actually, from the perspective of it's creating an album these days. Again, if we're going to talk about this from a business perspective and, and less from a creative perspective, yeah. um, from a business perspective, it's become less about having a product to sell and more about having something to generate interest in your band and your brand. Yeah. So from now it's, you know again so that's from a business perspective so from a, a content standpoint as we say you know and that, that word how much of a buzzword that has become with social media and streaming and all that kind of 
content, maybe all that stuff. But I, I, I think it, it it's it's a thing where, from a creative standpoint, the advantage of it is it's fun. You you don't necessarily have to observe the traditional album cycle and things like that. It's like you can go pop into the studio and lay down a couple of tunes that you're that you're hot on and and just go ahead and put them out there yeah and and so that's and and also you can do some themed things a lot of bands i see are recording covers yep. these days because it allows you to you know you you record that bob dylan tune because you might catch some more you know some dylan fans liking what you did with one of his <laughs> songs and i promise that's not foreshadowing well i i have a <laughs> i have a segment on my show called a version to a version sure uh, version to a version um because not everybody likes versions um but yeah you're right it, it might hook in some other people that people like to name drop mm -hmm. i guess in that so yeah look it's been great spending some time um absolutely and, and seen you for a while, so it's great to see your face. Uh, although people listening to this won't see the face, but they can. No. <laughs> they can go onto the record and to the. Uh, where do people go when they want to uh, track down Dustin Arbuckle and the Damnations? Well, if uh, you would like to find out more about what's going on with the band, you can visit our website at DustinArbuckleDamnations.com. We also are on Facebook and Instagram. If you search on those platforms, you will. Yep you will find us. Um, and we've also been, uh, we've started up a band camp page. So if uh, you'd like to get a hold of some of our music and digital download is your uh, preferred method to do that, I'd say check us out on Bandcamp because we get a way better deal on digital download stuff for when people download our music on that platform as opposed to, you know, iTunes and Amazon and all that stuff. That If that's your bag too, great. But I check us out on Bandcamp if that's your thing. Yeah, I'm 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 loving Bandcamp. Um, oh yeah, the gold mine. It's a gold mine for music lovers. Um, it, yeah, it really is. And it's, it's it really well run, and um, and it's good margin for the artists, and I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a really, and I'm almost embarrassed that it's kind of taken me this long to uh, to really get get down on it because it's it, it really is a great platform for ind for uh, independent artists yep. so i i would strongly encourage anybody who's not hip to it to check it out yep no i'd, I'd second that for sure well again thanks for your time dustin and um great hearing about the new album the new band and um we wish you well with it and hopefully um when we get rid of this COVID thing or vaccine or we all just don't give a damn anymore um <laughs> We'll see you down in Australia, and uh, people can catch you around the catch you around the US or, or Europe. Well, here's hoping and salty. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and a pleasure to pleasure to see you, man. Yeah, we've been talking with Dustin Arbuckle uh, from of uh, Dustin Arbuckle of Damnation's new band uh, after the demise of Morn Arbuckle. Great new band, great new record. My get away and. Uh, Get into dust and Arbuckle Damnations on the web. Let's go out with the uh, a track, Dealer's Lament.
never stay.